This is Rob Powell and today in Turbo Talks we're talking to Kasia Niviadoma of Kenyan Spam Racing about the World Championships. Alright, welcome back to the Turbo Talks podcast. It is September and the cycling road season is slowly approaching its end, which can only mean one thing. The World Championships are coming up to decide who can proudly wear that prestigious rainbow jersey for the upcoming 12 months. Time to look ahead in this podcast to the women's road race and therefore I am super excited to be joined by one of the biggest names in the women's peloton and someone who is sure to be at the pointy end of the race in Flanders. It's Kasia Niviadoma from Kenyan SRAM Racing. Welcome on the Turbo Talks, Kasia. Thanks for joining us. How are you going? Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm very good. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm great as well. Um, are you already looking forward to next week? Definitely. I'm definitely looking forward to, to that very prestigious, as you call it, race. Um, I mean, the season has been so long so far, so I'm really happy to like have this big race happening so soon, just to like give it all and, and kind of relax afterwards as well. Yeah, because we're recording this on Saturday the 18th, so exactly one week before the big race. Yeah. Uh, like you said, it's been a long season already with so many important races coming off uh, an Olympics, etc. How's the season been for you so far? Um, it's been good. I could say, yeah, good is like a very classic word to use, right? I think that definitely I feel that I miss like the, the top podium, top spot, top victory. I feel like somehow I've been always there, but not really the first one. So that's definitely a little bit frustrating in a way that I kind of feel unsatisfied. But at the same, I'm kind of happy that I managed to like stay consistent throughout the entire season and I didn't really have a bad days or bad races. So that's a good side to, to look at. Yeah, so it's always almost what we've becoming used of you, like being so super consistent, always up there. What's the secret behind that consistency? Uh, to be honest, <laughs> it's hard to tell because I've got no idea. Maybe just <laughs> enough rest, I would say, enough rest between important races or between like big blocks of trainings before I know that, that I definitely would only focus on training hard and racing as many days as it was only possible, where now I'm more aware of the fact that rest is also like is equally important as a hard training. So I feel like together with my coach, we kind of found this perfect balance that allows me to always stay on a certain level with some spikes or some down moments when I actually don't have to race. So that worked out pretty well so far. Is that something that you discovered over the years? Or how, how did that process go when you found that out? I definitely discovered it two, two years ago before actually until Gold Race because the spring was super intense and I could feel myself like always being up there, but not really in like a amazing shape that I would be able to, to drop everyone. And after Tour of Flanders, I was like super exhausted, like mentally and physically. And then my coach suggested me to take like four or five days off, which I did. And then I just like basically did two, three harder training rides. And a couple of days later, I won Amstel. I felt like I was flying, I was fresh. And I, I just felt that finally this is it and that actually made me understand that sometimes most of the athletes most of the cyclists i think that they're just overtrained because 
he always want to do more. Everyone is so ambitious and everyone wants to improve badly, especially currently when like all the little details matter. So sometimes it's like really hard to say, to tell to yourself that, okay, you got to stop. You got to rest. You got to just chill out and not, not think about the bicycle. And actually that's the, maybe that's the golden tip that I could share with all of you guys. <laughs> and then obviously, like you mentioned, you won that Amstel. Uh, maybe the biggest victory to date for you? Or, um, to be honest, it's really hard for me to name the biggest victory. I think that all of them they were amazing, yet they are not like I think for me the biggest victory would be winning worlds or winning Olympic Games or even getting medal at Olympic Games. That would be something very special because to a certain race, to different races that I won so far, I have a special feelings attached. So, for example, I also love. Uh, to the memory of racing and winning Binda, Trofeo Binda, because that was the first uh, classic that I won with Kenyan racing, uh, Kenyans from racing team. So there are definitely different events, different races that has a special place in my heart. And one, uh, one of them is, uh, like you mentioned, the Olympic Games. Uh, and what I noticed, like you had a really sort of like heartfelt post after the Olympics on, on Instagram as well. Uh, yeah. And it maybe aligns a little bit with what you said earlier about that maybe the frustration, but it came down to every time you get close, but you don't really get it, you actually fall more in love with the sport of cycling. Yeah, it's so weird, actually, because you get such mixed feelings after each race, after a race that you really care about, because it's like the, usually the disappointment breaks your heart in a way that you just feel yeah you just feel heartbroken you feel sad upset you feel kind of miserable but at the same you have this drive and this passion that helps you to get out of this little hole and just like gives you extra motivation and love towards the sport because you feel like something that you really care about and something that you really love and want to achieve is like there but not really in your hands so it's it's very interesting feeling i feel like it's something that is so hard to comprehend, but you have to just uh, acknowledge it and also accept it and be okay with that. And just, I guess, let the life take you wherever it's taking you and be patient with, with the entire process. And uh, is that something that you, because I think you're interested in sort of like the psychology side maybe of life and then maybe cycling in particular then as well? Yeah, definitely. Especially lately, I've been really curious of like, and like, curious and also amazed with like what what's happening in our brains and our our minds like before important race and after important race I started to be fascinated with like how my teammates are operating before the race and like what's happening in their heads and like how somehow could I help them I feel like um I've noticed that also like listening to others especially to my teammates because I really care about them and like kind of helping them to deal with their little issues or problems or just like the mind like the little things that stop them from being who they really are truly are kind of like helps me also understand myself and my approach to cycling and like kind of helps me understand that it's less complicated than we all think and like sometimes you know you talk about like feeling pressure and feeling stressed and nervous but at the same time, do you really feel it or do you just say it because people tell you that and you kind of get into this li little thing that you just repeat what, whatever you said before or whatever it's kind of common thing to say. So 
I feel like I'm just like trying to just trying to understand everything because yeah. I feel like it's everything is so complex and so easy at the same time, you know. So what is that thought process now at the moment, like a week before like a race like the World Championship? Is is the race already going for your mind? How's your preparation now looking for you, like in your mind? Yeah, so definitely since a couple of weeks, I would say like it it was the same with Olympic Games. You know, you wake up and this is the thought that pops into your head, whether you want it or not, because you know that that's important. You want to get the best result ever. So like you wake up, thinking about this race you like go out for your ride and of course it's like always there and you try to simulate the race or like different scenarios you visualize different scenarios in, your, in front of your eyes and like I don't know sometimes when I'm on the road on my own like just kind of like lift my arms and like try to celebrate just to like kind of believe in the thought because I feel like once you believe in it and once you embrace it you actually can really go for it because Sometimes I find it very difficult in the final of the race when, of course, you're super tired and it, there's like still like, let's say one hour to go and everyone is so stressed and everyone wants to be in the front. It's like so easy to give up in that moment because the tension is so high in the peloton. But like once you are able to kind of like stop thinking about it and just like focus on what you wanted to focus from the beginning and like not allow the bad thoughts enter your mind the game is completely different. But also, of course, it's different to do that if you don't practice it, you know? It's like it's always easier to like plan different scenarios or talk about the race when you're just sitting at the table and you're not on the bike and you're not racing, you know? Yeah, it's sort of like a dream it, believe it, achieve it. Exactly, exactly. It's like simple mantra, but really it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, do do you have an, an own mantra for yourself then? Um, not really. I don't have like a one mantra that I wake up and I think of. I usually just like try to go around my day and then like just stay calm, I guess. Yeah. And and now like we're like a week out. So how is the physical preparation from now on look like? Do you again have those couple of days off and then maybe maybe a couple of hard yeah. trains? Or how does it look like? So basically, the last couple of weeks I've been racing quite a lot. I did two stage races in Holland and I flew to Spain and then I did European. So there were quite quite a lot of racing days involved in my schedule. So of course you, your body feels that I felt the travel in the race. So I definitely decided to like take some days off and just focus on recovery as I said. And just like having the the experience from like racing so much and then taking on time off. And knowing that actually the shape is there, you just have to be patient with yourself and let let hap- like let things happen. Then this is what I'm actually doing. Just like having still some two or three harder days, but mostly focusing on racing on resting, sorry, and just like being calm, basically. And what do those harder sessions still look like like in the lead up in the like in the last week to the race? Are that like short so- minute blocks or are it Definitely. Usually before important race, you always want to know, of course, you want to know what's the race, what what the race looks like. So then you analyze with your coach what sort of efforts you have to do in order to to be the best, to show up in the best form or shape for that race. And in Flanders, everyone knows that it's all about short, very intense and hard efforts. So this is what I've been focusing on, just like trying to 
get some explosivity in my legs, some like sharpness and like basically focusing on like 30 seconds to two minutes efforts and doing them on quite often, but like nothing to make, nothing that makes me kind of like feel dead or destroyed, you know, just ev keeping everything still fresh and adding some fire, let's say. Yeah, and, and giving some confidence in the legs as well, baby. Exactly, Again, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so when we look at like at the course for the world, uh, I think it's a race over 157.7 kilometers, uh, just over a thousand meters of elevation. Uh, yeah. So it like can be divided into several separate, uh, several sections. For, first, you start in Antwerp, you go to Leuven, you do the yeah. circuit there for one and a half laps. Then you go on to the Flandrian circuit, as they call it. And then again, yeah. you go back to the Leuven circuit for two and a half laps. How in to in how much detail have you studied those little hills that you're going to encounter? Uh, so, of course, I look at Bellevue, I check maps, I check each climb, especially on the Flandrian loop, because I think that that part is going to be very crucial, very important. Um, I'm going to Belgium on Tuesday, so I can do the recon one more time just to see the, the final 100k, because I think that's, that's the part that's going to really matter. Um, I definitely think that the race will be divided into like a three parts which is like the first part, 550Ks, basically riding on the flat until the Leuven lap. And I don't believe that anything crazy will happen over there. It's going to be more controlled. Maybe some breakaways will try to go. And then I would say like the, the middle final will start because of course, like everyone knows that it's so important to be in the front before all those like small climbs and all those corners because if you're not there it's like so easy to to be done with your game to be out of the game and i think that's gonna be like the first like stressful moment where everyone is just like fighting position and once the peloton is like selected to a smaller group group we will go to the flandering loop and that's gonna be i guess that's gonna be the the final final because you've got so many opportunities to break away and i don't believe that like Anemic, for example, will will wait for the finish line, especially with such a strong team that they have. Like each of them has to look for their own opportunities. So definitely, I'm not very good with the names of the claims, unfortunately. But yeah. there are two, <laughs> there are just two very famous claims um, at the beginning of Flandern Loop. The one is like steep and short. The other one is the Cobalt Climb. So I think like that's gonna be just the beginning of the final like the the place where you you just have to be in the front if you want to be thinking about the about winning the race yes like you already obviously mentioned like those little hills short and punchy but like you said it is flanders so people know it's going to be twisting and turning and that positioning is so important yeah. um how do you feel yourself like maneuvering through a peloton um I just know from the start, to be honest, I just know that I have to be in the front. I don't let myself be in the middle of the peloton or at the end because I know that then I switch off. I just, even though it's like still 120Ks to go, I just know that at least I need to be in the first 20 because then I feel like I'm concentrated, I'm focused and I don't get distracted or I don't start to like have a negative thought because of course it's like so easy to allow yourself to just complain in your head during the race because you feel uncomfortable and 
I feel like for me, it's always the most important thing is just to feel that I'm in a game, that I'm not like, that I just need to feel that I can do whatever I want and that, that others are like pushing me around. And because of others, I'm like at the end, at the back of Peloton. So that kind of gives me a confidence. And with so many classics that, I, classics that I've done so far, it's like, even though the races are like 150 Ks to go, you really have to be in the front the whole time, especially in the Belgium with those three zeros. It's like, you, you just have to do it, even though it's, it's going to take four hours, but you have to commit. You just have to. Yeah. And if we're looking like at the, at the tactics uh, of the race, like you already said, like you play different scenarios through your mind. What is the yeah. most common one that you come back to for this race? Is it going to be a sprint? <laughs> is it going to be an attack? Or what? So um, maybe I should not give it away right now. <laughs> but... <laughs> But definitely, like something before the finish line. Uh, I'm not the fastest sprinter. I'm not the fastest fastest rider. Um, also depends like who you're gonna go with. But I would, I definitely would you ride to like, the line with Anamik? Yeah, that's, <laughs> I don't know why I keep thinking about that. So, <laughs> and then like of course like trying to over sprint her. But yeah, definitely the smaller gr group the better. Yeah, because so. I can imagine you don't want to ride to the line with Mariana, maybe. Oh, but yeah. maybe, but maybe you think like, oh, maybe I can take on Anamik in a final sprint. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <clears throat> All right, and then obviously we've got the Belgians with Lotte Kopecky, who's riding like her home race. Uh, yeah, maybe the fastest girl, maybe even in the peloton, or the fastest woman at that point in the race. Um, mm -hmm. I know you, so but I know you hate this question. From when are you going to beat the Dutch? So I'm just going to ask you how you're going to beat Dutch. <laughs> So actually, to be honest, after Europeans, I was kind of frustrated because, again, I felt that another race, we were just racing according to that girl's rules, you know, like they were just like dictating the pace, dictating the uh, basically the, the, the story of the race. And that kind of felt frustrating. And I know that it's hard to find any other nation that has as many strong riders as uh, Holland has, although I feel like we... I just feel like I don't want to wait for their first moves, you know, because I feel like that's what I've been doing so far during every single European Championships or Worlds. We would be just waiting for Dutchies to start doing something. So I feel like it would be just like nice to take the, take the race into your own hands, you know, and like do what you want to do and not like kind of defend yourself all the time because Dutchies are attacking or Dutchies are having the numbers in the front and you have to kind of wait or see what other nations are doing. So I do believe that they're beatable, that you can win with them. You just have to, I think you just have to be sneaky about it, to be honest, crafty, and kind of like have your own plan. And then maybe an extra thing that always comes into play at the Worlds, you're not only riding there uh, with your fellow country women, but also maybe a teammate here and there that can help you a little bit. Is that something that you've spoke about with your Kenyan Sram teammates? or? Um, I think we are very respectful when it comes to our uh, nations, like all of us. Of course, we, we like each other so much, but uh, championships are so special to each of us that I don't bet. Of course, like if I would see one of my uh, teammates winning a race, I would be like truly happy. I would be super stoked, yet I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel fair if I was working for somebody who doesn't represent my country, for example. And also, I don't know if I would feel okay if others would work for me because 
this is a different race, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. And uh, is it something like this race that you maybe can approach uh, with for yourself, maybe a little less pressure if you look at the course that it might not be ideally a course for you? Yeah. Does it make um, it easier in somehow or? No, to be honest, I. it's weird because I definitely kind of like to feel some sort of pressure because then I know that I care about the race. I know that everybody want to <clears throat> do well. Um, sometimes I like when people underestimate me because then I feel that I'm like extra motivated. But like deep inside, I know that like I have to kind of stay positive and like think that I can do it, you know, always. I want to believe that I'm capable of doing it. If you doubt yourself or if you find excuses that all oh, that might go wrong, then you're out of it. You know, I feel like it's so important to just like have a faith and believe that anything can happen. And I think that that race, I'm going to just like, because of all those races that I've done so far and also with Olympic Games, I've realized that that all the races are the same at the end of the day. You know, they're important the day before or week before, but then everyone forgets about it and everyone moves on and then you have new season and new races. And it's like a kind of weird circle that you like, I don't know, think that everything is so important. But like, look now, we're in September and no one really talks about Olympic Games anymore. And we had been doing that for the last like two years, basically nonstop. Yeah. It's like people just are moving on so fast. So then I realized that it's it's only like stressful and important for us because we make it that way. But it also can be, we can always take it, okay, it's just another race in Belgium. I've done tons of them so far. And I know what to do. I know that I just, as I said before, I just have to be in the front and then go with it. We'll go with it. And then race from there. Um, and race from there, yeah. yeah. So if we look at the, maybe like a world championship, if I say like, Kasia, um, can you organize a world championships? Yeah. Where is it going to be? <laughs> How long is the race going to be? What's it going to look like? Um, I think I would like to bring it back to Valkenburg with the, with the finish. I would definitely organize the race in the Valkenburg with the finish on the Cowberg. Because I feel like that's the, that's the climb where I actually can make an advantage over others. Or it just suits my strength. And so. then finish on the top so you don't have to drag someone else have... with you towards the line after that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so they don't have to like worry about the next two kilometers in the flat. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. I'll be up for that. Another one in the Netherlands. Um, right. Exactly. So, so this one, this world championship is actually maybe a little bit of a, of a special one in the regard that it's also the final race of one of your former teammates from Anna yeah. van der um, is, is that something that's sort of like been talked about in the peloton or mentioned as well? Or have you been in touch with her about that? Or um, Yeah, definitely we talk every now and then about like her final year, let's say. Um, definitely she feels or she looks content and happy. So uh, I share the same feelings with her. I feel that she's such an amazing athlete that achieved so far, so much so far, and not only on the bicycle, but also just like as a person, I feel like for me, she will be the role model forever. Actually, I always uh, strive to be like her, the athlete that is really down to earth. She's humble. She's 
super strong. She knows what she wants. She's never overly stressed. She's never panicking. She's just like, I don't know how she's doing it, to be honest. I wish I had that power to just like be okay with what life is giving me and feel like, you know, grabbing what your body want to get. Is that something that you picked up from her like over the years or was it already maybe in 2013 when you came as a trainee at RaboLive and then? Uh, definitely. I remember I met her yeah, in 2013 before the season when we had this training camp, get to know training camp. And she was, yeah, she's been always very friendly and very calm and just like she wanted always to help. And there was never a problem with her. She never, I've never actually seen her even angry or just like being unhappy with something. It's like she just accepts everything. And it was, it's just so nice to also see how um, strong mindset she has because sometimes, like, let's say Jiro last year, um, she came to the race and I could see that she wasn't like very focused on the race because, like, she was like just cruising in the peloton and like not really fighting for the final, like always like 10 or whatever. And then once the opportunity arrived that actually she could like be up there in the top, like all of a sudden she was just like flying on the bike, you know? And then you see if she really want to get something, she just gets it. And and how would it be uh, like say in, I don't know, you've got a long-term contract and we're hoping you're going to see you racing for like years and years and years to come. But like <laughs> at some point, how do young riders can look up to you as a role model? What do you hope to uh, give them? I, I really hope that they can just see that cycling is fun. You know, I really hope that they don't, that the young riders don't turn into persons that care about all those little details that they have to, um, they have to do trainings exactly as their coach planned for them. I feel like I would like to know that, I would just like to see that young riders are not afraid to have fun on the bike and feel free and explore and like get out of the, like the, because cycling is getting very professional with every passing year, everything is becoming more strict. And sometimes I think that young girls coming to the sport, they think that they need to like look at their diet and like look at the, the power that they are pushing and everything is like very strict. And I don't believe that like that, like by being super strict and professional at the age of 20, you can actually like know what the role of cycling is or like how cool it feels just to be riding your bike and not like trying to prove yourself or um, kind of like give your coach what he wants to get from you. And then especially probably like in the long term to make it like a happy career for yourself as well. Exactly. Exactly. Because that's also the thing that, of course, with every passing year, I started to see that there are more girls opening up about their mental problems. Like before we didn't have it, I don't know if it's the thing that now people are actually not afraid to share their personal issues with the public. But also I think that I because when I started racing in 2014, I think that it was so much easier in a way that, um, okay, we still raced hard, but like besides cycling, we kind of like, I don't know, had a just different atmosphere before the race or at the training camps. Like it was more relaxed, more organic. 
And now like you are kind of forced to take care of all little details because this is what others are doing. And if you want to keep winning, you kind of have to keep up with them in some ways. And of course, the technology also changes everything. But I guess this is like a natural process of development in certain sports because the world is changing and we cannot really stop it and like think that oh, it would be great if we could race like people who were racing in 80s or 90s because that's just impossible. I think one of the positive things that has been changed though is maybe like the uh, women's cycling and how it's been perceived by people and the calendar obviously with the races coming up because I think there's some uh, great races at the moment going on and after the world yeah. there's also Paris-Roubaix is that one that you're going to be seeing at as well or is it for you in the um, season after pro- worlds or to be honest I have no idea it's still not decided I, I it was just basically I've been just focusing on worlds and then I'll see it's like it's an open page, an open yeah, open story. Let's say we still don't know. All right, we've got to wait for that. Maybe your boyf- yeah. your boyfriend will be pretty excited about if you would write Barry Roubaix or not. Yeah, did you talk about <laughs> it with him a little bit with Taylor Finney? Uh, yeah, sometimes actually he really <laughs> likes this race. So I mean, that was one of his best races he's done so far. So um, he, yeah, we don't really talk much about racing to be honest, but yeah. so every now and then, yeah. All right. All right. I'm going to leave you to it uh, for your uh, final prep in that last week. Uh, let's wrap it up with, if you're up for it, like one short prediction for the men's um, race and for the women's race. You can predict um, both. The, okay. Let's just go with the men's race. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. I maybe. Okay. Prediction what I think and prediction what I would like to. See, okay. okay, we do both. What I yeah. would like to see is definitely Kwiatkowski winning. And prediction, I think that um, Philippe or Vought can win it. Okay, so. Philippe or Vought. But maybe Michel. Yeah. I think people would be pretty happy to see that as well, actually. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, time to wrap it up. Uh, thank you for your time, Kasia. All the best on next much. Saturday. Uh, I think I speak for the far majority of all the cycling fans that we will be pretty happy to see you in the rainbow jerseys for, for a full <laughs> season. You. So good luck. Yeah, thanks. And thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of the Turbo Talks. Uh, you know the drill. Tell a friend about the podcast with Kasia. Leave a rating and a review and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And as always, just make sure you never stop cycling. This was Rob Bauer with Kasia Niwadoma of Kenyan Shrimp Racing. Stay tuned for the next Turbo Talks.